Hello, listeners! Hello, hello, we're back after months! No, I'm certain it's only been a couple weeks. (laughs) Yeah, we're right on schedule, Cheryl. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I guess I've been imbibing in those hallucinogenics that we're going to rate with. Like we time. would never do that. We would never. That Very is frowned I upon. Was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we had to Google what they are and what the strength and how much you take is shows that we're really not indulging in. Okay, disclaimer: I will say that I have never, ever, ever had any drug harder than alcohol. Lots of it. Yeah. <laughs> and we can stop right there. Yes. <laughs> yep, we're done. <laughs> All right, great. So happy. <laughs> but welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you can join us. Uh, this is the Drug Dealing Booker podcast. We've been on a kind of a summer hiatus that was unplanned, but I think the whole world is on a summer hiatus unplanned. So I don't think anyone will hold it against us. Hopefully not. Yeah. Um, just to set the scene of where this episode is coming from, we're on the most beautiful balcony. And overlooking a beautiful area, drinking these amazing lemon drops with police sirens in the background. So, sorry for those. Such a safe area. (laughs) World's gone crazy. (laughs) It's a beautiful city. Beautiful city view. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Okay. So, I picked this last book. I did. I based it on, uh, it was like in the Goodreads Best of 2019 or something edition. Um, it was pretty long. It was pretty long. And I don't know about you guys or our listeners, but I've had a difficult time actually getting into reading, which is unusual for me. Um, I don't know how you guys have been. It's just been weird. I guess I've been playing video games, but it's just kind of been a weird... <laughs> A weird environment. I don't know. Like it's it hard just... to read and play video games. At the well, same that, time. but it's. I don't know. I just haven't been in the mood, no, which is I weird. I agree. Right? I haven't been reading. I haven't been doing much of anything. I haven't even. I don't know. It's been kind of a weird, depressing summer. Yeah, I've been sleeping a lot. Does that count? <laughs> That's normal, right? Depression. Video <laughs> uh, games are a lot Do they have a blackjack game like that? Because I, I don't know. Love Maybe blackjack. play Texas Hold'em with me. It's super fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's I'm like, man, what am I doing with my life? I should be reading. It's way more fulfilling than. It is. I always feel app. better, but I don't know. Maybe it's self sabotage. I know I it would make so. me feel good, so therefore I don't. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and and you know, mm-hmm. and it's funny because it was no fault to this book. I don't think it was any. No, which... some books in the past have been a struggle. Where I'm yes, like, please be over already. And this one, I like. And that's the weird thing is that it actually took me a while to read, which is unusual in and of itself yes, for me. It is. Uh-huh. But I liked it to boot. So what the heck happened? I'm yeah. just blaming so it on the now, bid. whenever it takes me and Cheryl a long time to read a book, you can't say, well, you must not have liked it that much. Or else you would have read it in a night. No. Now you get it. No. I'm going to blame the COVID. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's COVID. It's all COVID. On COVID. <laughs> it's, it's one of the <laughs> symptoms. For some reason, you don't like reading. <laughs> um, one of the things. So, the name of the book was The Starless Sea. Oh, see, I forgot. I totally forgot what the name of the book was, even. <laughs> 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 wow. Oh, no. So, I'm really, I was just sitting here thinking, oh, I can't wait till they say the name of the book so I can remember what it is. Thank you. Yeah, it's The Starless Sea. Uh, do you remember the author? Yeah, by Erin Morgenstern. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I knew it was Morgenstern. Oh, yeah, wanna... she was the Night Circus. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this book, you know, I belong to a lot of the book read groups on Facebook and some of the other ones like on Instagram. And mm-hmm. this book's brought up quite a bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's an author that's talked about a lot. And it's funny. I'm curious. I won't get into my thoughts yet because we're not to that part of yes. our talk. No, we're not. But <laughs> but uh, it was interesting when I went to go read reviews of this. I mean, there were people either really liked it or people really liked it and hated the ending. And I was really surprised just oh, when I read reviews. So, weird. Hmm. Um, okay. I won't get into my thoughts yet. Hmm. But So... <clears throat> I'm going to say this was very complicated. I sat down to write a summary so that we could quickly go through basically what it's about uh, for those that haven't read it. And it took me at least half an hour. I'm not going to lie because it's very complicated. Um, It's a story within a story within a story. So I'm going to try and focus on sort of the baseline story. I like that idea. That goes around because there's so many characters and so much that's going on. It's basically an epic love story, but there's other kind of love stories on on the outset. Okay, so in this, I guess the summary I get sort of would be part of how I interpreted it as well. I'm interested uh-huh. to see if this is how you guys feel it summarized as well. But okay, so the main story or the main love story Uh, has to do with this love between fate and time. So fate and time fell in love, but the stars were worried that this would lead to some issues. They'd like start mucking up their jobs. So they went to the moon, the stars went to the moon and said, hey, what do you think of this? Like, is this something we should worry about? And the moon's like, hmm, I don't know. Let me talk to the owl parliament. (laughs) So then the owl said, you know what? I think we need to get rid of one of these two. This is going to be a problem. And so they decided that, okay, which one's more necessary? They decided that time was more necessary than fate. So they basically destroyed fate by like clawing and pecking her to death. Um, side note though, I guess her heart wasn't destroyed. A little tiny mouse came in, crept in and grabbed the, her heart. But anyway, so they destroyed fate, leaving time. So what this did was instead of having destiny or fate happen, everything was left to chance. So this story basically is supposed to be how this all gets fixed and resolved so that time and fate can come back together. But since fate's out of the picture, fate can't set it up so that they get together in a nice, pretty way. Instead, that's why there's so many stories around it is because they there keeps having to be reintroduced characters and reintroduce other stories because they're trying to get to the end result of them being together. But since there's no destiny, it's like, oh, I hope this time it works out in our favor type thing. Okay, so 
You guys are like, okay, sure. No, this is a beautiful way. This, <laughs> this is like so different this is like I my oh, okay. <laughs> 11th grade English class. This is lovely. <laughs> I okay. love that. I know, this is fun. I was okay. almost an English major because of that. I love it. Go for oh, it. Oh, good. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Girl, keep going. Okay. So, the story basically has to be completed but in order to complete the story you need a few things so first you need fate right because she's basically gone she, i mean she has a heart but she's not in the story so how are you supposed to end a love story if there's no fate like you need the other person okay so this was attempted multiple times but it finally succeeded when one of the side stories which is Mirabelle, because she ultimately is fate. She gets created by a girl, Eleanor, also known as Rabbit, who falls into a door. And so she lives down in this like Storyville Harbor. Then she gets together with that guy that comes down to the harbor at a time sequence. So basically she gets made in, in, into an immortal being by being out of space and time. Because no longer were they in the real world when she was consummated and no longer were they in the same timeline. Because before when they when there had previously been fate had been created, she'd had multiple lives, but she'd always died when they were trying to. Because this is over a span of hundreds of years, mm -hmm. right? Okay. okay. So there's that. Okay, we need that. Okay. We also need any and all like individual sidetrack stories, any sort of relics, any sort of persons involved in this overarching story to be accounted for. So this story is created on like a harbor in what's called the Starless Sea, mm -hmm. which ends up just being honey. It's just a big pool of honey <laughs> because the original storytellers are bees. And so that's why this whole thing is, is honey, okay? So the harbor keeps getting bigger and bigger, like the more stories that you add to it. Okay, so everything has to be accounted for. All of these tried and true, like, oh, let's try this option, this option, this option, all has to be accounted for. There was three things that were not and that had to be brought back down to this harbor or basically to this main stories hub, okay? There was a book, which was Sweet Sorrows, which came down with the character Zachary. Okay, and then there was The Lost Man, which was Simon, which was the immortal fate, Mirabelle's father. Because remember, he left to go find his love, Eleanor Rabbit, right? Mm -hmm. So he was lost. They had to go find him. The third thing was the sword. And the, the keeper or like the, the keeper of all the stories or kind of the, the guy that was in charge of the harbor, also known as Time, <laughs> um, had the sword. So they'd already gotten the sword part. They just needed the two other parts. So, so the sword, in my mind, was needed, was necessary ultimately because if you remember, we had uh, Fate's heart, um, but since now we had a new, like a new Fate person, 
basically the heart was extra so we had to get rid of this I suppose extra heart or it had to be accounted for so the thought of like having a sword would need to kill someone and then the heart would need to replace it so that now everything's accounted for and everything's in a tidy package right 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 so now once all the stuff was obtained it could then be ended the whole story could be ended everything would be nice and happy and then what would happen is the harbor then would be destroyed or the honey would then from the star sea would comp or like come up and consume and destroy the story because it was over mm -hmm. it was done move on to the next okay so that's sort of the the understory and then on top of that there's all these then they sort of focus on the stories i guess that did work to get this to end because there was if you remember they describe that the harbor or where they kept all these stories it was ginormous like there was a ton of books there was all this stuff so they sort of focused on the stories that were the ones that led to this finally time and fate being able to get together so that was zachary and dorian so Zachary gets the heart. Dorian is the one that kills Zachary with the sword in order to put Fate's heart in him. There was it's an allegory. Yeah. There was Simon and Eleanor, who he was from out of time. She lived down in the harbor because she fell through um, accidentally from the real world. So anyway, so they created Mirabelle, which is, was the immortal Fate. So there was that. And then on top of this, they're trying to get all this stuff together. But on top of this, they're also fighting with this faction led by an ex-acolyte named Allegra. Can we explain the acolyte yes. process? So, well, so the acolytes uh, were, they were the people that after they went through, um, like a, a trial of silence and all this stuff. Their their tongues got burnt um, so they couldn't speak anymore. And they got like a bumblebee burnt on their chest. Basically, they then became the people that were able to interpret the bees humming and form those into stories. So they didn't tell any stories of their own anymore. They just heard humming from the bees because bees are the original story makers. They heard just humming from them and they're the ones that created stories. So this Allegra used to be one of those, but she did it instead of writing things down, she would paint them. So she wanted to see it all though. She, was, she wanted to see how it was all gonna end. And so she traded in one of her eyeballs for the gift of sight, which made it so she would be able to see the ending. And so the re the reason why, Cheryl, the, re the reason, the reason why she she was against them finishing the story is because she really loved the harbor and she loved all the books and she loved all the different stories and so she, she was cracking up. So so anyway, so she was trying to like she was trying to make it so that the story could never end, basically. So in order to get to this harbor, you had to go through like a doorway like a special door all that kind of stuff so she was trying to destroy all these like doors around the world that led to the starless sea or to the harbor so that was her intent but it's just because 
she didn't want the story to end. That was her. So they were trying to finish the story at the same time. These people are against them trying them for them not to finish the story and all that stuff. So eventually they finished the story. Um, it was the Harbo was destroyed. Time and fate got together. Ah, very sweet. Um, and then Dorian and Zachary still got together uh, because even though Dorian killed Zachary, they used Fate's old heart to put into Zachary. So then they were together at the end as well. Um, so all ends well that ends well. <laughs> Simon and Eleanor, they didn't get to that point, but Eleanor ends up seeing Simon on a cliff and she's like in her little sailboat riding the the starless honey sea and so she's on her way to him so you can tell that they're getting ready to get back together yeah so it all ends nice and and happy at the end and i think part of that too is because fate's back when so it finally she, ends. yeah so oh my god <laughs> so anyway it's it's very confusing because there's so many stories going on and they use a lot of symbolism, like they keep referring to like bees and swords and crowns and the owl king and all this stuff. But that's what it boils down to. Does wow. that make sense? It does. And the only part, so uh, okay. that was the most beautiful interpretation of it. I didn't get any of that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. All I right. got No, I got it. But like. My brain did not wrap it into such a beautiful package as yours did. Like, oh. you just helped me complete it all into oh. a beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh, um, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. yours was such a better description of everything that happened. Like, mine, I obviously am not good at reading between lines because mm. earlier I was telling my family about this book, and I was like, yeah. And my... My Sorry, that's the neighbor it. dogs. Okay. They've got five dachshunds. Oh, they're so cute. Look at them. They're <laughs> They are cute. They're like, we're going to bark at you while you're recording now. They are um, cute. But they but, bark a lot. <laughs> but we, um, I was telling them how I thought the book was basically, like, I. one part that I thought was really neat is the, there basically is this other world that is down below our world, and mm -hmm. that's where the Starless Sea is. And down there is housed all these ancient libraries of all these stories once told. And um, there are different, there's keepers, guardians, and mm -hmm. acolytes that protect this underground world. And the underworld is always growing and changing, mm -hmm. and the sea is always rising, and that erases harbors or mm -hmm. it recedes depending on how many people care about it or take mm -hmm. care of it. And when it recedes, old harbors are exposed, and you can then see different texts that were once covered up in different books. Um, and the, I thought the process to be one of the keepers or, or the acolytes was mm -hmm. really neat how, and this was like the first chapter, so I'm super boring because that's what I... No, it was interesting. Book, but yeah. It was really neat how basically what it talked about is in order for them to find, I think it was acolytes um, mm -hmm. or a guardian, was they would watch people and they would look for certain character mm -hmm. markers. And they would watch people for different um, types of character. And they, if you were somebody that they thought might be able to pass the test, basically they would perform 20 different tests on you mm -hmm. over this course of time. So you would be going about life and you'd have things happen to you and you would think that they were just happen chance. And um, they would end up um, 
you would think that they're just normal bad things happening to you or normal like just fate and then you would find but really it was like a test it was something going on um that was testing to see if you have these different character markers and so if you failed even one test then you wouldn't uh, be able to be a guardian like that would yeah. never you'd be out of the running but if you ended up passing all 20 tests then eventually they approached you and told you what was going on mm -hmm. and took you down to this underworld and they would show you everything and show you this whole other world that you had no idea existed you were just living life mm -hmm. and if you um once they showed it to you then they finally gave you the chance and told you okay you passed all the tests now you can become a guardian or keeper or acolyte whichever when this test was for mm -hmm. and if you decided to take it then they removed your tongue so it must be the acolytes removed your yeah. tongue and you would spend your whole life down there and you had to leave everything um but if you refused it and decided after seeing everything that you didn't want to do it they killed you mm. because they couldn't have everyone right. else um, yeah. so i thought that was really interesting and then also um zachary's story was really neat mm -hmm. um that i think is worth kind of mentioning he was basically one of the main characters that talked about him the most he yeah, was he had a really neat story. He was just the like only a normal one I college kid, and he comes across a book at a library that mm -hmm. um, has no like copyright page in the front. It doesn't talk about anything about who wrote it. Doesn't have anything showing that it was like published through like an editor or you know this normal things we see in books. Mm -hmm. And he ends up going home and reading it, and he comes across a story that freaks him out because it's actually of him when he was 12 years old, something that happened to him that he never told anybody. He was walking in a tunnel mm -hmm. and he saw this door painted on the side of the tunnel and he felt really called to it and felt like he should try to open it even though it was a painted door. Mm -hmm. And he didn't open it. He was scared and he walked away from it and he spent his whole life wondering what, what that happen? was and he never yeah. told anyone. And he, um, and it, so he never told a word. And then all of a sudden, this book, the whole Seven. how he felt about it, what it was like when he saw the door, how he mm. felt after not opening the door, was all in this book. And there were all these other tales. Um, mm. And so he became really obsessed with it and went out searching. The only thing that gave him the identity of of any type of author was the three symbols of the bee, the sword, mm -hmm. and the crown. I think. Yeah. And so he went on this big quest, looking up those three things, and he found a picture of a girl wearing a necklace with those three symbols and it led him down this rabbit trail of finding the mm -hmm. secret society um, that was trying to kind of protect that whole underworld and that's how yeah. he got pulled into it so I just thought his story mm -hmm. was kind of a neat well his was like the main one because he was the bringer of the lost book mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he was also going to be the user of the fate's heart mm -hmm. and he, he also brought with him Dorian the guy that uh, was going to kill him basically yeah. so he could use it so um yeah it was it was very interesting and it was it was they had a lot of metaphor type thing like a lot yeah. of the like they had the story of like the pirate and the girl but that was fate and time and then they had the story of the the story sculptor who would make stories into spider webs and statues and stuff and the little mouse came to her with wanting to hide fate's heart and so she created a, a it took her a year to to create a like a complicated story that interwove with other stories and had dead ends and blah 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 which essentially is the story we were reading 
Like, it was all very, like, I felt like it was chasing your tail. Like, everything led to another, which then led to another, which was then the same. It was, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it, it was very interesting. It kept reminding me of um, the labyrinth. And I don't. Yes. And I don't know why, if it was because, like, the Owl King just reminded me <laughs> of yeah. Jareth. But, um. Love that you remember the name. Like, that's amazing. I haven't seen Labyrinth enough, like, since I've been an adult. Oh my god, Jared. Wait, what's a Labyrinth? With it's the movie. David Bowie. With David Bowie. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, good grief. I know, he was like, the king of the goblins. He must have watched what? that recently. Yeah, no, I just adore. <laughs> I, I have a problem. Um, <laughs> but. You like David Bowie and. I, I do like him in tight pants. That was my sexual awakening movie. Wow. <laughs> TMI. Anyway. I'm going to start barraging you with text messages of David Bowie and spandex. Oh, God. I can't wait. He looks so good in makeup. Oh, oh really? His eyebrows, man, yeah. were so, so pointy. Yeah, that's not what I'm So, really so pointy. I don't know what it is. I like guys in makeup. Johnny Depp looks hot in makeup. See, I he looks good in makeup. Oh, he looks so good in makeup. Yeah. I don't know about... Tim Curry in Rocky Horror Picture Show looks amazing in makeup. Yeah, yeah he does. <laughs> you don't think so? The guy, the, the horror guy with the white face and everything? Yeah, he's like in lingerie. Yeah, in lingerie? Oh my god. He looks better in lingerie than I do. Oh god, <laughs> That's yes. That's not fair. Holy cow. Just oh, saying. he is hot. Hot, hot, hot. Um, <laughs> my God. <laughs> this is so We're giving her lemon drops more often. <laughs> we didn't do a shout out to the lemon drops. Oh, yes. Oh, shout out is the drink for the you night. Usually we heard... do a wine shout out, but tonight it's a Grey Goose Citron shout out. Mm -hmm. It's too hot to drink red wine. <laughs> Yeah. Like almost a hundred. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't think it's too hot to drink lemon. Well, now. This is much better. The lemon drops are very refreshing on they a are. hot summer night. It's never too hot for red wine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Drinking mojitos next time as well. Oh, Ooh. that sounds really good. That I sounds make really good. good mojitos. Great. It's and exciting. IPAs. Ooh, yeah. mm, no, don't get weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge idea fan. Yeah. I mm. love them. There's a couple mm. I like. They're but... bitter. Yeah. Um, um, are you going to tell us about the rating system? Oh, yeah. So the rating system that we're using, and if you Which have read so this book, yeah, it makes sense. We're going with hallucinogenics because, as Cheryl put it, it's like going down Alice's rabbit hole. Like, it really is psychedelic. This book... It's like you're in a different world, which is in a different world, which is then also within a different world. Like, it's very, very strange. Um, yeah. So I it's think like that it's like Inception spinning. meets the labyrinth. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's, it's very um, intense. The playing card people didn't come out and dance, but I thought they would. <laughs> they should. Maybe they did. Maybe behind the scenes they were just like book pages oh, out. It's almost like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, the new Johnny it's Depp totally. Charlie the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, mixed with Labyrinth and the movie Inception. Yeah, yeah it's very. <laughs> I can only imagine what it would be like if they tried to create this into a movie. It would be nobody oh. would understand. There would be Who no would way. even take on trying to write the screenplay. Holy oh, cow. you couldn't. Yeah, it's really hard. It's way nightmare. too complicated. It'd be fascinating. I, I have to say, 
props to that author. I know. Because, I'm sorry, I always go back to Silent Patient. But the Silent <laughs> Patient was a very straightforward story. And he couldn't wrap up loose ends. The Silent and Patient was just she created like a hundred loose ends and yes. merged them all together and weaved them. Like... It was beautiful. It was beautiful and very poetic. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to go any further. Because no, I adored it. One of my favorite things system. that they did was they kept kind of retelling the same story about fate and time throughout it a little bit where it would start with like once very long ago and they would go to a certain point and then later on they'd give you sort of like the next stanza. I don't know if you remember. It was so beautiful. I'm going to bring something a little negative to the table. Okay. So I thought it was a little sophomoric, like, Mm. to trade in your eyeball for sight. (laughs) I mean, come on. So she can see. Trade in your eyeball for... So she can have vision. What else would you trade in? Come on. Okay, what else would you trade in, Cheryl? Oh, look at She got rid of her eyes, but now she can see. Oh, great. Here's my tits. Let me see. Like, what else are you going to give away? Well, I mean, come on. It's so sophomoric. You know, when I said my 11th grade English class, this was like my 7th grade English class. No, here's what I think. No. Because she took away the eye and she got the other eye that was like cloudy and could see the future. Here's what I think, though. Like, sight. She could see. She got rid of her eye and then she could see. Yeah, but think about the restaurants that blindfold you when you Mm -hmm. go in to eat blind. Yeah. And they say you can taste your food so much better. And you're so much more present because the the sight is taken away. So I looked at it as taking part of your sight away Mm -hmm. enabled her to, like, have clear Mm -hmm. kind of vision of the future. You know, like... Whatever. (laughs) And they used her as an example because they did say rarely did an acolyte give something more of themselves for something in return. And then they used her as an example. That didn't bother me at all. To me, it made sense. And why call them acolyte? Because they brought the light? Because they lit, I mean, what yes. was that about? Well, because they they brought light to the stories by oh. interpreting them from the bees. Because the bees, when you hear yeah. them, are just buzzing and humming. I know, and it just seems so. And that bothers you that it, it means what it means. Well, it bothers what, what would me you because rather than it be just seems so. The like, fairies of the night contrived and so oh. easy. You disgust no, like, me. Just easy. I didn't think anything about that book was easy. No, are you that insane? That was the most complex book right? I've ever read. Oh. I was like, please, dear God, thank you so much for having something easy in here. <laughs> and finally, I can get eye for an eye. <laughs> thank you very much. I totally thought it was like the most in-depth book. And one yes. thing that I thought was really neat that I, I thought was like so poetic about it all was that, you know, they talked about finding these books. And instead of just talking about like, oh, we found these books that have all these short stories mm-hmm. in them. The author actually let you read the short stories and it was like for a while it was every other chapter yes. was one of these short stories. And for at the beginning I was like, okay, why? Like they're beautiful stories. Yeah. They're beautiful. Like mm-hmm. yeah. about like the moon and the Like when the, the mom brought her yeah. daughter up to see the Owl King that was yes. married to the princess brought her daughter up to see the Owl yes. King when she was married to Bugs. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean those, those were stories kinda, those were, were just beautiful. I, I just sat there going, "These are so poetic and romantic, and they they're are. just they were lovely. oh, they were gorgeous." And at the beginning, I was like, "Why is that?" And then when I started figuring out that the innkeeper and the woman, mm-hmm. where she couldn't stay, and he had like fallen in love mm-hmm. with this strange traveler, it showed up. 
I realized she was the moon. And then yes. he went, Zachary went on the quest to find out the rest of the story about the moon because yes. the story hadn't been fully written. And he ended up finding it uh, at this party, mm -hmm. kind of woven all over this ballroom. Oh, it was beautiful. Like, See, thank you. It was beautiful. And again, this was a story that it still made sense to the baseline story of the moon was the one that had the box with Fate's heart in it. So it all, all these characters had something to bring to the final story, but it wasn't just like, oh, here's Jane. She's bringing this to the table. It still told her romance and Oh, the writing was just beautiful. It, it was, was so, so poetic. Beautiful. God, and speaking of that, let me read your shirt. Oh, sure. To the stars who listen and the dreams that are answered. This uh, is. Did know, you wear that just for this? Because it was yeah, book club. It, it matched. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was beautiful. I loved the little stars, and they were so beautiful. I will say though that this book made me hate stars. I was like, "Fuck you, stars." <laughs> For putting judgment on time and fate. Like, it's none of your goddamn business <laughs> if they want to get together. Like, mind yourself. Stay out of it. <laughs> right? I yeah. was so irritated. <laughs> I... The book was cool. It was just a it. neat... I, mm. I have to say, I, this was probably my favorite book we've read. And yeah. I just... It was, it was delightful... And it was refreshing, and it was romantic and poetic, mm -hmm. and it was nice to read something that created such a world of depth that I I just don't even know how she did it. Like it I was just either. amazing, and the way that she weaved the characters to always kind of refine each other, and and it was neat. Um, Maribel was always reincarnating, mm -hmm. and so was the keeper, and you find out that they're they're time and fate mm -hmm. and that they have spent their whole lifetime of reincarnating to try to find each other and they get these kind of quick little times together where they sneak away from the stars mm -hmm. basically and their whole underworld is filled with paintings and books that are them and other lives trying to find each other yes. and it was just oh, which is why I was saying that's that's why they needed the story to end so they could finally be together. Cheryl's face. All right, Cheryl, your turn. Me and Tanisha. Oh, no, I mean I agree. Uh, I, I thought it was exciting. It was a good book. To read. I don't believe it. I just can't. I just can't believe. It. I just can't believe this. I mean, it was good, but like I said, some of that stuff was so just. Blah. So easy. too, Way too easy. And like trying too hard to be literary. And oh, now, now what kind of literary? No. I'm uh, so confused. I am yeah. so confused. You should see my face and try face. We both have a look of shock and <laughs> just, awe. Like, I'm, just, I'm horrified right now. <laughs> I'm so horrified. What kind of 11th grade but class wait, okay. were you I'm, <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> I must have gotten shortchanged. Okay, but I gotta, I gotta say, did we finish the rating system? No. Oh, no. We were so excited to talk about the book. Let's go. Okay, sorry. So <laughs> Let's get on track. They're, they're hallucinogenics. <laughs> so, um, number five, which could be considered, I guess, the least, you know, potent or strong... Um, side note, these are based on things that you can get naturally. It's not like they're man-made in the lab, so... Here we go. So number five is peyote. Number four is some shrooms. Some five meaning peyote is the least. 
No, wait. It's oh, so it'd be one. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. So, yeah, peyote is number one. Oh, okay. So it's, it's the, the lowest. lowest. Yeah. yeah. And then number two is mushrooms. Number three is DMT. What, which is what? DMT is NND methyltryptamine, if you want to be specific. Which I do because I'm a pharmacist. <laughs> you would. <laughs> um, and then number. And what was the street name? Dimitri! Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't! Dimitri! <laughs> so it was Dimitri! It Dimitri. was! It's okay, it's said that's the street name. I don't know if that's actually real or not. That yeah, seems like go, a stupid I'm street gonna, name. I'm just gonna, on my way home tonight, I'm gonna stop at everybody on the corner and be like, you got some Dimitri? You seen Dimitri? Yo, you got Dimitri! You got it! I need to pick no. up my good old friend Dimitri. <laughs> like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. He doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> don't hold out. Um, <laughs> you have Dimitri. <laughs> Number four is Salvia, also known as Sally D on the streets. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> Sally D. And then um, number five is LSD, which is D lyseric acid diethyl amide thank you you're welcome <laughs> so that's number five so we'll get to our individual readings at the end but i just wanted to point out one thing about um Sherilyn mentioned something about the storytelling i love the part when he went to the ball trying to find this kind of i like that part too and the guy pulled it ended up being yeah. dorian but that guy pulled him in and was like telling him the stories in the dark and he was like spinning him into different rooms yeah I and like, like there was too. like that was sounds of weird, butterflies creepy. and stuff oh yeah and then when he finally found the door and went down into the the starless sea or whatever yeah. that was pretty cool that too. Was pretty i like cool. that what was really cool about this book is i am not a very like i'm not good at decorating or like paint colors i'm mm. terrible at picking paint colors because i can't look at a color and imagine it on my wall that's mm. just not me i'm way too literal i don't, I don't even know i am a literal person i just can't i have no creative vision mm. and normally when I read a book, you know, I can, I like, obviously everyone develops what you think the characters look in your head, mm. but I'm really bad at creating a world in my head. I have like a whole world of this mm. starless sea in my head. Like when they were telling the story, she did it in such a way that like I could imagine this beautiful, vast ocean or sea mm. of honey and it like how it would like, like in a cave how or there would be waves. Yeah. And like yeah. all the like Stalagmites and whatever those it's things like are. Stalactites. Yeah. yeah, and like you know, hanging down everywhere and dripping mm -hmm. honey, like fresh mm -hmm. new honey into the sea, and mm -hmm. like stone stairs that were like with books mm -hmm. like carved in all of but these why honey? walls. Oh, because the they're bees. bees. Right. Never mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I don't know. I just she was so good at painting a visual picture in your head mm -hmm. that I felt like I was journeying to this world like as I was reading it, and it was so. I wanted to be there because they described like having these hidden doorways and keys and you know all these books basically books that piled upon books and you're going down a hallway and like you could get lost in this labyrinth of just books and chairs for sitting and there's like the cat guardians kind of romping around everywhere and and I love the kitchen so the kitchen ends up being the bees 
But basically, when you're in your room and you want something to eat, you can put anything you ever wanted imaginable, yeah. and they would send it up to you. That and yeah, it was like a dumbwaiter. Yeah, was a dumbwaiter. Yeah, that was so cool. And you would talk to the bees. Yeah, and they would talk back to you. Yeah, it was so yeah, wonderful. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And I remember Zachary at one point wrote down, Kitchen, I love you, because he like <laughs> needed a friend and he was really lonely and depressed, yeah. and he would like ask questions and they would respond and kind of cheer him up. Yes. And then they sent him a cupcake just because knew that'd make him happy yeah make you happy and then he sent a note and said like kitchen i love you and then when he finally met the bees the bees Mm. were like you said you loved us he's like no i didn't (laughs) yeah you did and he's like you're the kitchen i just i don't know why i thought that was was pretty sweet too i I really like that the bees i thought it was sweet that they remembered like you said you loved us i I envisioned these really tall bees that walk on their hind legs and like one has like a little crown i don't know and they all have smiles on their faces all the time and they're like like, yeah and little bee aprons i don't know i i had some of them in aprons too because i'm like they're cooking yeah like they're making cupcakes yo yeah yeah i mean i love that part of the book too i love how um she did paint a great picture and was very descriptive and i loved how i I also love the bees in the kitchen and the dumbwaiter. That whole mm-hmm. thing just made me go, man, I want to stay there. That would be <laughs> right. so great. I what know. a cool place to be. Yeah. And it yeah. just sounded magical. Like, I just think, you know, the same way as like J.K. Rowling, you know, mm. creating Harry Potter, like there's just, you know, there's, there's writing a book and being an author, which is already impressive mm. in its own. You're creating mm. a story and dialogue that flows and creating characters that don't exist. It already is an impressive feat. But then to create a completely other world, yes. you have to think of everything. Yeah. And then you have to make it make sense. And then you add the complexity of her storyline of taking like 10 stories and mm-hmm. mashing them all together and then mixing them up and then yeah. reconnecting them and tying them in a bow. And she did it beautifully. She yeah, like that's pretty amazing. I mean, I love to write. I love... I love the the skeleton, I guess, of writing, you yeah. know, like constructing sentences and putting sentences together and making a piece of writing flow nicely so that people want to read it. But the part of the imagination part, mm-hmm. I could never, ever right? pull that off. Never. I mean, I, I mean, feel like she had to be on that? drugs. Yeah. I feel like yeah, she was. Were you on she drugs? Either I, I think I read somewhere that she was on psilocybin. No. Oh, I was like, I feel like what? that makes more sense now. <laughs> was she really? It probably does. No, she just no, said no. I just said no. I'm oh, you. So I just I'm like, oh, really? That. She's on I was just Because that Fibbing. would make more sense. You fibber. <laughs> acting. You're so good <laughs> at it. Acting. Many acting. <laughs> I kind of wonder if she just, like, had a base, like, skeleton and then had these ideas and just threw them up one. Okay, I'm going to do them in this order. No way. Because I it just It was so know. beautifully acting. Like it was. Yeah, I don't know how she came up with it, but kudos it to her was for wonderful. that. Cheers! Seriously, cheers! Cheers! Let's do a virtual cheers. Cheers to Erin! Cheers! 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 Yay. We can't really clink our it's glasses. It's a distant so. cheers because I don't want these girls' germs on my glass. Hurtful. <laughs> um, but it was amazing. I will say, I would have liked, you know, a kiss. I wanted they. <laughs> I wanted Dorian and Zachary to kiss. They did. Kiss, kiss, kiss. They did. No, at the end, they're like, and then they finally got, like, she didn't describe it. I wanted, like, descriptors. 
<laughs> I wanted like, and then my tongue was thrust into the his or yeah, something. Yeah, I don't need I to don't hear know. that. I wanted to I hear think it. it. <laughs> I was totally shipping them. I was like, girl, mm, thank you, know you Aaron. Take I don't some need clothes to hear off. That. Take yeah, some clothes off. No, no. All right. What was really funny to me is that um, I I don't understand. I went and read reviews of this book before I started reading it, mm-hmm. and. There were so many people that talked about that they liked the book, but they hated the ending. And I didn't understand because you got everything you wanted in what the ending. What didn't they like about the ending? No idea. Hmm. I'm going to go back and read those because I don't understand. Like, I kept thinking that. So then the whole time, which I learned, don't go read reviews before you start a book. Yeah. Because then as I was enjoying it, I was going, oh, yeah, well, I love this. Shitty. But it's going to end shitty. Everybody says it does. Yeah. And then when I got to the end, of, like, my husband was like, so how did it end? And I was like, it was beautiful. It ended I happy. I got everything it's... I wanted. It wrapped up beautifully. Yeah. Like, everything worked out So perfectly. I'm going to bring us back on track and okay. say, and yeah. we've given our individual impression. And an in-depth analysis of the book. Yeah, yeah I think pretty we've much. Done that. Yeah. The writing. What did you guys think of the writing? I think we Amazing. pretty I think much we explained that. Pretty much went over that. Really it was the writing. Beautiful. We all really liked the writing. How about beautiful. the plot? Wonderful. It was. It was wonderful. I actually think I want to reread it because I think there's a bunch of eggs. Like she'll describe different paintings that. And when I was going back kind of reading to do the summary, I was like, oh, that's a depiction of this scene. So I think if you read it once and then you go back and read it, you'll be able to follow it a lot better. I could see that mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Cause... Or watch a movie. I do think somebody mm-hmm. should yeah, try to make this nobody's movie, gonna be, it would The be... only person who could write a screenplay is Aaron herself. Yeah, she would have to. And it would be it have to be like a three hour long movie. It'd be yeah. really long. But yeah. it would be a really cool. But it could be really good. Yeah. But yeah, so I was like, I actually want to read this again just so I can pick up on all the little hints because mm-hmm. I'm sure I would just understand it even better. Mm-hmm. Going, oh, I know what that is now. Hmm. So how about the characters? I thought they were good. Okay, they're, the one sort of sexy part in this book was between the Keeper and Mirabelle. And she was described as being kind of like a young, like maybe early 20s punk, kind of like per, or pink hair. And he, they never described him as being old or young looking, but he has like a really long beard, mm-hmm. right? So I just sort and of. Dreads. But Mirabelle was Max. I mean, I well, yeah, Mirabelle Max. Her as yeah. Max. So <clears throat> anyway, so there was that scene where basically he's like eavesdropping on them, and then he kind of peers through and he goes over and says, "I don't want to lose you again," and he starts to like undress her and is like kissing her shoulder and stuff, which was at, but. <laughs> But in my mind, I think you need to read Blaze books. Me, I need to. (laughs) But we know what we're reading next. (laughs) But uh, Fifty Shades, I can tell. God, that'd be amazing. Yeah, those are so Um, dumb. No, um, but it just was. It was it was sweet knowing that despite any sort of age difference or anything that they loved each other about the same time it was in my head for some reason I was picturing him with like white hair and stuff. Me too. I pictured him really old and then yeah. her this like cute young thing and then it was like when so they started getting weird. together I was like I'm really confused because my yeah, brain like, this had is already icky. yeah my yeah. brain had meshed two yeah. characters I thought he was an old bookkeeper yes. like. Place forever, and, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's what I just pictured him like this super, super old guy. And yeah, it was kind of icky. This young, and then I was like, "You, what's yeah. happening?" It, it definitely like I kind of pictured her and Zach together better. I did too. Yeah, they were gonna yeah. be together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I had to pull myself back, and then it made me sort of rethink everything. Um, 
because I still wanted them to be together because the story of Thane time was so beautiful. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but this is now what they look like. I have to be okay with this. But it was still kind of like, he seems a lot older than she is. And, um, but then I guess the pirate and the girl, which were them, yeah. were also, you know. I wish that but... she maybe would have described him a little bit more uh, to... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. My brain created a, an old. Well, yeah. As soon as yeah. you say dreads even the, and a long even the, beard, yeah, the like pirate and the girl too guy. is kind of yeah. because she said to... like ageless or something. But if you give them dreads and a super long beard, like I'm, I'm going with like, oh, he's been around for centuries. Clearly, he's an older <laughs> gentleman. Yeah. Like you know, so that was a little. Um, yeah, they, they made a point to describe Mirabelle as, like, this beautiful, sexy yeah. Yeah, kind, of, kind of girl several times. Yeah. Know? And so yeah. it was, yeah, that was kind of creepy. Yeah. That was probably my, yeah. Yeah, that was only... creepy. Creepy is a good description. That's yeah. probably my only thing. Um, so I didn't quite, the one thing, too, that I, I really liked is Zachary and Dorian, but I felt, I didn't feel like they had enough time together to really form yeah that a, was dumb i thought that was stupid a like deep love because yeah. they really mm -hmm. only spent a few days maybe together and i think she kind of like tried... in a few hours in the closet more like it oh well, time maybe that was metaphorical maybe uh, <laughs> oh well tra time traveled slower down <laughs> down in the harbor but uh no like they I just don't feel like they really knew each other. And I think she kind of tried to explain it away where at one point she's like, I feel like I've known you forever that I've always yeah. felt like I've known you. And I think that that yeah. was kind of her way of, because really they hadn't spent much time together. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had a sexual attraction certainly, but, but I not didn't, love. I didn't feel, yes, yes. Yeah. So I thought it was a little, that, that part was not fully felt out for me but until then until the end like i feel yeah. like i felt the same way i kept thinking him and max were getting together which is yeah. for the whole time i kept thinking she was developing their love story yeah then when it switched gears i was like oh okay that? all kept right thinking who and max was getting together? Zach. Zach. but zach was gay yeah but i don't know but i don't know but yeah but, but, but they there really were a lot had a close there were, and there were a lot of Bias characters in there, so hmm. I thought he was like I thought he was, and, and he talked. I don't know. Yeah. He had a couple moments with her when he very first met her, like when they were dancing, and even at the end when they well, were dancing. Well, she yeah, kissed him when she was weird. like that stone that's ice sculpture. I mean. They kissed, and so that's why there were some undertones there that yeah, I thought maybe yeah, I they. I guess now that you say that, but I guess when I was reading that, I thought more that it was just he was so intrigued by and it could be maybe he didn't know if he wanted to be her or be in her <laughs> oh my god uh, no more lemon drop for you so is our next part the rating um our next part is about the ending and final okay. impression so final impression i really love this even though there was a couple spots that i was still like eh, i still thoroughly enjoyed this i would happily reread it it's gonna be a keeper for me i bought the hard copy so that we could send it out to one of our listeners but i'm definitely gonna buy one for myself as well um so yeah i loved it yeah um my i 
this was a very enjoyable book. It okay. was really nice to read something um, otherworldly than the world we're in right now. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to yeah. kind of transport to a time of romance and beauty yeah. instead of craziness and drama that's all going on right now. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and it was just beautiful. Well done, Erin. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I we know you tell don't us agree. What you really tell mean. us the truth, no. Cheryl. Actually, I really do agree because I read the book and I was—I mean, I—I re- I started reading the book and I thought this is really interesting. I can't wait to pick mm-hmm. it up. But then I just kind of got, like, corona. like Tanisha said, yeah, I got kind of the corona fever and I just did not feel like reading. I didn't feel like doing anything. Yeah. And so, to tell you the truth, I only got to thirty-one <gasps> percent. Oh no! But I faked it really well. Don't you agree? You faked it really well. Get out. How dare you? (laughs) But but I do want to read it because it's a good book. And I'm at this part where he's down in the starless ski, starless ski, starless ski, Mm. (laughs) Um, starless sea. And so I kind of know what's going on there. But yeah, it's good. It's interesting. And it keeps me wanting to go more when I feel like reading. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so rating. You have to read me those things again because I just do not know those drugs. Okay, so number one, which is basically don't like it, is peyote. Number two is mushrooms. Number three is DMT. Number four is salvia. And number five is LSD. So... Let me go first, mm-hmm. since I probably have the most authority. Well, I don't even think <laughs> we're going to count yours. <laughs> uh, no, I okay. would rate it so far, and I'll ta- rate it from the perspective of somebody who just picked the book up. Okay. A four. You'll give it a four. Okay, so I you're would rate it salvia. a four. Salvia. Okay. Because it, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's fun. And like Sherilyn just said, it just kind of takes you away. And I do, that's why I read fiction rather mm-hmm. than nonfiction, because I want to read something where I can just sort of be absorbed into the book and not have mm-hmm. to worry about, uh-huh. not have to think, yeah. really. Okay. So yeah, I like it. Hmm. Um. I give it an LSD. I loved this book. I give it a five. You're I giving a book a five. <laughs> this is a life changing book for you. It's a life changing. Well, then you have to explain. How did it change your life? How did it change your life? It changed my life because it was so beautiful, and I would recommend this book to anyone and everyone. And I feel like it's gonna stick with me because I think a lot of books I read, but then later on, years later, I'm just like, did I read that book or didn't I? And I've actually ended up rereading books. I'm like, I swear I could have read this, but I don't mm-hmm. remember it. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely one that I think is going to stick with me. Um, There's no way you could re- forget that you read no, this book. No, I can't forget. And maybe it's because it it reminds me of The Labyrinth, and I adore that movie so much. But still, <laughs> like, who, who I'm gonna David I'm Bowie? going to remember it. Who, like, which one was David Bowie? He was Jareth, the Goblin King. No, I mean in this book. Who was well, Bowie? First, okay, so because he was an owl, he turned into an owl, so I was thinking oh. of him as the Owl King. Uh huh. Okay. Okay, so anyway. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a four and a half. So it means Salvia and LSD. Okay. Wow. This was probably one of the most enjoyable books I've read, and I yeah. just I'm so impressed by the author's ability to create another world. And the way she weaved everything and pulled well, then it together. Well, you should read Night Circus because I was beautifully impressed. 
Yes. Aaron Morgenstern. I, mm. I know. This again made me like, I want to read all your books. I am now a diehard fan. Yeah, just if you're so looking I be for something that's you. the next level. You know, I think so many books are face value. So yeah. I, I'm just, yeah. Okay, so. So that's a salvia and a half, basically. So how do we raise so salvia yeah, and a quarter? A, I think it's a four and a half. I think it's a four and a quarter because I just said solid salvia. But I said solid five, so it's four and a half, and she said four and a half, so it'd be four and a half. Plus, you know what? Really, your vote doesn't count because you didn't finish it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine because I didn't. So we'll say four and a half salvia and a half. We're not quite to the LSD phase, but you know what? Next drug deal, we're doing the LSD. That's how I feel like (laughs) we are, where we are. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so now it's time to announce the book. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear what Sharon's come up with. So this is my pick this month, and I'm really excited. I'm really sorry because I always pick the same genre, but I don't care. I I love love that genre. That's fine. I love this genre. (laughs) Um... I love psychological thrillers. I love things that make my brain like, what is going on? And like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. They like, they're page turners for me. Yeah. They're yeah. done right. I like those too. They're not done right. They're painful, yeah. like Silent Patient. Ugh. If they're done yeah. right, oh, they're so exciting. So the next book I picked is The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. I picked AJ this Finn. book. That name sounds familiar. A.J. Finn. I picked this book because... Um, it's getting made sort into like girl a on the motion train. picture. Yeah. Mm. It's getting um, made into a motion picture. And so I wanted to read it before I saw a movie. And I know oh, a okay. lot of our listeners um, out there, that's what they're wanting to do is, you know, read a book before you watch the movie. Yeah. So I really wanted to check it out. And so, yeah, that's the why I picked it. The Woman in the Window. The Woman in the Window. Okay. And uh, the back of it, I'm just going to read the back of the book. Okay, it's quick. Cool. Says... It isn't paranoia if it's really happening. Anna Fox lives alone, a recluse in her New York City home, unable to venture outside. She spends her day drinking wine, maybe too much, watching old movies, recalling happier times, and spying on her neighbors. Then the Russells move into the house across the way. A father, a mother, and their teenage son, the perfect family. But when Anna, gazing out her window one night, sees something she shouldn't, her world begins to crumble, and its shocking secrets are laid bare. Who is, what is real, what is imagined, who is in danger, who is in control. In this diabolically gripping thriller, no one and nothing is what it seems. Mm. And Stephen King says, The Woman in the Window is one of those rare Ooh. books that really is unputdownable. The writing is smooth and often remarkable. The way Finn plays off this totally original story against a background of film noir is both delightful and chilling. You know how I hate when celebrities give their... No, I know. (laughs) But I just had to throw that in there. Well, thanks, Sherilyn. So that is The Woman in the Window. I'm pretty excited. Um, I like it. Sounds good. So we are going to be doing weekly fixes. We're going to be better about this with this book. Yes, we'll get back on track. We're going to get back on track, guys. And um, if you are not following our Facebook page or our Instagram page, go follow Mm -hmm. them now. We'd love to hear from our listeners for any suggestions or thoughts or things that we could do differently. Mm Wines that you suggest for us yeah, to drink. Great. Oh, That's that would really be a great fun. idea. Oh, also, I need to know who we're going to send um, this book out to that I got. I'm going, I will start the raffle after this. Raffle. So go follow our pages and then we will select 
one of our readers to receive this book. And you know what? I love that idea, Sherilyn, about readers suggesting wines because I, I mean, if you have a local wine in your local area that you love, I don't love the big things, you know, like, I don't know, what are the big Gallo and, and all the big, the, the big winery names, but if you have a small one, that would be great. Just a local wine that you love. Let us know We would love to snob it it up. We love the reds. We're really wanting to support in this time and culture. Not so much the whites. The small business. I'm still talking about wine. Oh, okay. No, yeah, yeah. we were done with you already. (laughs) Well, thank you all so much for joining us and spending the last hour with us. We love our listeners and our fans. Um, Thanks for hanging in there with us. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, thanks for hanging in. We haven't been very good. Okay, until next time. Stay safe. Bye. 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 Bye.